0: this is driven by data the podcast welcome back to another episode of driven by data the podcast season 2 powered by orbition group and hosted by me Kyle Winterbottom we're delighted to bring you another season of driven by data the podcast which boasts even more data analytics and ai thought leaders from across the globe Our aim remains the same to uncover how some of the most prominent leaders within the data analytics community tackle our industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, ideas, and experience, and just as in season one, to give back to the global data and analytics community. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode welcome to driven by data the podcast season two today i'm delighted to be joined by marika rock who is the chief operating officer at curve so marika thank you very much for joining us
1: Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: No, pleasure is is all ours. Looking forward to jumping into this. So um, where we always start, Marika, is by asking our guests to give themselves a, I guess, a brief introduction into their background and journey up until this point, if uh, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, of course. So... Uh, I went to University of Texas at Austin. has a really, really uh, close connection with the agency world out in Chicago. So went from a very hot Texas to a very cold Chicago. Started my career in uh, the agency world there. Um, I started a new business at uh, Starcom or the publicist Holding Company at the time, um, and. Um, it, I'd like to start here because my very first account that we won and, and that I managed was Microsoft uh, B2B. I was on SQL Server and we were actually trying to target an IT decision maker years ago when DSPs didn't exist and we were using like Bizo for data. and like it, I like to go all the way back there because my career in data and programmatic and all of that really was foundational to that particular role at Starcom. Um, from there, I worked at a few agencies across brands like uh, Sharpie, Newell, Rubbermaid, Papermate, uh, Zales, um, and then found myself at uh, Lynn Digital, which is on the publisher side. Um, it was a broadcast company with a heavy strategy in M&A. Um, so there, I led all of the operations through at least five mergers and acquisitions, Um, with my friends like Tony Katzer um, and those folks over at um, Nexstar is what the company is now. Um, But I managed through several mergers and acquisitions. So I met a lot of great people there. And one of them was my boss today, who is Gary Mittman, our CEO. So I kind of... uh, uh, went through a few, few roles and just skipped over, but I'd say those are the big ones, which are the agency background and trying to create one of the first DSPs back in the day um, for very intense targeting to um, publisher operations and merger management from an operational perspective.
0: Yeah, nice. Very nice. Perfect. So, um, obviously, we're live today with you as the COO of of Curve. So tell us a little bit about the business, you know, who you guys are, what you're up to, how you're trying to change the world.
1: Yeah, I love love it. Um, And our five-year birthday is actually coming up on Monday on Valentine's Day. So Um, Perfect timing, but Curve, when I joined the company, which was in 2017, um, we had one patent and that patent was on our ability to analyze videos down to their curve pixel edges. That's why we call ourselves Curve, um, which is the most granular that any technology can analyze in video. So from a data perspective, we have the data that we see about the video. And then the interactivity that is as a result. So the other side of that patent is, um, you know, process videos down to their curve pixel edges and create and connect that to clickable hmm. and shoppable interactive opportunities. So um, that's one huge part of Curve. It is our foundation. Since then, with uh, the pandemic and COVID and we're a tech company, um, we've come up with two additional patents, one on the data itself, and then another on the user experience. So we kind of have all of the, the, the sides covered. So when talking about our data uh, throughout today, it's important to realize that we have the most granular data about the video, and then the most granular data about the user as they interact with the video. So we have kind of mm. the two sides covered. Interesting. Um, from the, yeah, from the tech side.
0: Very interesting. Okay, so look, I'm I'm kind of uh, eager to jump into that. Before we do, though, obviously sure. your role as the COO, tell us, you know, where that sits within the organization. What what's your kind of, you know, your, your big ask? What are you tasked with achieving over the next few years?
1: That's a funny question, especially um, <laughs> at a startup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But
1: um, my my main my main job is to, um, I mean, we're a technology company. So it's my, my role is to operationalize each of our products. So we have this patent. What does that mean? I need to figure out what the path to market is through marketing, through PR, through um, operations teams, like account management, product management, testing, that sort of thing. Um, So it is anywhere from Uh, supporting our sales organization and revenue to testing the products, making sure they function. And really, at the end of the day, the performance is my responsibility. um, And of course, our whole company. Um, But it it kind of goes through me and I need to make sure that it's uh, operationalized um, as perfectly as we can to service our organization as well as um, our clients. So a lot in there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Well, that's the the beauty of working in a Startup or scale up, I guess. Right, there's, exactly. a, there's a lot, lot to go up, but an exciting place to be. So, um, yes. look for people. Less educated in this space, uh, aka me. um, Give me, <laughs> give us an example of the type of work that that you do. Obviously, I understand the the video technology and the, the curve pixel edges, and then having the data that supports that, plus what your users do with it. But I guess in terms of, I don't know if you can share, you know, types of businesses that you work with and what they utilize your technology for. But that'd be good, I think, just for the listener to get an understanding of, you know, a kind of operational live type product, if that makes sense.
1: Of course. And I think it's easy, easiest if I actually explain it through a couple of vertical lenses, because uh, I think one of the, the biggest kind of misconceptions about shoppable video and interactive videos that is just for the retailers. Um, so I'll start with that, and then I'll give you a couple of additional examples. So um, Curve works with major retailers like a Macy's or a Neiman Marcus. And we actually take the content that they've produced already. They don't have to create any custom content for us. If they want, they can. Um, but what they, we take the video, we process it through our platform and we call Radius. And then we identify all of the products elements talent anything they want inside of the video and make it fully shoppable and interactive so you know if there's talent we can actually make make sure that they have interactive elements if we need to avoid it we can because again we have the pixel edges um, but we create all of this additional uh, metadata about the video and then create a shoppable experience from that um, so one of the videos that we process for neiman marcus for example um had over a hundred shoppable elements that Curve provided. Um, So instead of just having this amazing flat asset that you just lean back and watch with Curve, there is now this opportunity to interact and shop with this video that was already a lot of fun. Um, It was a joint uh, video with um, Vogue, Neiman's and MasterCard, but as the talent was navigating through Neiman Marcus, um, she we're, her whole outfit could be fully curved. So we were able to tell the end user what exact dress she had on, what exact shoes she had on, and create a direct path straight to Neiman Marcus if they wanted to purchase it. Or they could just keep watching the video. It's really, you know, curve is an an invitation into the video if you want to go to another dimension. And if you don't, it's not too uh, intrusive. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of an example. We do that with a ton of retailers. We've done the same thing with like a a Macy's or a Kohl's. Um, So I can, when we get, uh, you know, deeper into the data, I think that context is really important. But when it comes to other types of of organizations, like um, think of like the travel sectors now starting to open back up. We work with different cruise lines like Carnival Cruises or Marriott. And with our technology, we actually can, uh, same process, we put the creative through our technology and we identify all of these touch points that are now interactivity. It's not just shop now, shop now. Um, But what's great is that we have a utility play here because with COVID, all of the communication is changing all the time. So if I make, uh, you know, like let's say that in the video there's always a view of the check-in at a hotel, Um, we can make that interactive. And as check-in protocols change, We can change it inside of our interactivity versus anything need to be changed in the video. So safety protocols, cleaning protocols. So not only are we helping splash the industry with communication about um, travel and how it's safe, but we can also help the video be agile from the utility perspective to really help um, these organizations be able to stay on top of communicating appropriately. Um, with the end user. And then I'll just end with one example on um, sports, because in the U.S., we have a big uh, sporting event coming up this weekend with the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl. But with with sports, we actually have a live live activation now with Fanatics to sell jerseys. That's an easy and obvious application. But even on the ticket sale side, we've worked with the ticket sale uh, organizations that only have one base video asset and with our tech we actually are able to create team specific versions of those and help the attribution um, be more direct to ticket sales for uh, cowboys directly or whomever it is directly Um, so uh, we are you know Continuing to show success in kind of any type of sector, but I like to 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 talk about things that are beyond just retail. Even though we, I mean, that's a no brainer, of course.
0: Yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes sense. And I guess is this a pure technology play from Curves' perspective, or are you doing any kind of consultancy slash advisory around this stuff with the with with the organizations that you partner with?
1: Yeah, so we we have a few different ways to have relationships. So we actually have our own managed DSP. Um, So you can actually buy with us, which is what we do with a lot of our partners. Um, That means that they hand us the video, we process it, and then we actually utilize a lot of our first party data to optimize the creative through the whole process. For example, Let's go back to the Macy's or the Neiman Marcus examples um, where we actually have all the first party data about how users are interacting with the videos themselves. So, um, you know, are they interacting with shirts as a category? Are they interacting with shoes as a category? And we actually can optimize the creative itself as well as the data on the back end. So we have a DSP that we've built that does that. So we have the technology for the video side and now all of the data that's output, we're mm. using to automate the buying process. Um, so we have that that way, which I believe is you know very consultative, and it's a managed play through curve. Um, we also can process these videos and hand them back to programmatic trading teams. So you know, folks that are sitting on their own DSPs with the trade desks and the Googles of the world, um, they can actually just traffic our tags in there and, and you know buy either in the open exchange or with deal IDs. Um, with folks like J.W. Player and, and those sorts of folks, uh, we try to be agnostic because we are a technology company, and our video and data products are the most important thing about what we do with Curve. Um, there's a couple of additional ways we are—we we do have integrations with publishers. Um, we're building that out as well. So the, like I mentioned, the Neiman's video, for example, was done with Vogue. So we have Kanye Nast and working on more of those. We have a, a great and long-standing relationship with Disney. Um, So we have that. So these organizations like a Disney or a Vox are able to offer up our products within their suites. Um, So their, you know, their sales teams are out there with their amazing content and they can actually allow Curve to to be part of that story, um, which we love. Um, And that's, that's where a lot of our, you know, some of our large uh, integrations and partnerships come from, like Marriott, for example, comes from that that pipeline. And then lastly, one of the newer pipelines that we're working on now is our contextual data pipeline, where we actually are a data provider. So like I mentioned, we have the data on the way that users are touching and interacting with the videos, but we also have the data about the videos themselves. So we're trying, We're it's a newer line of business, but we are really excited about it. Um, we've announced our partnership there with Iris TV, um, again, on the contextual side of things and are just continuing to, to grow in that capacity because um, we're able to add a layer of um, precision to uh, CTV and OTT through the data that we have about the video. And so we're really excited mm-hmm. about that and just start thinking about how to scale that to um, the buying teams as well.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. So a lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I guess is there been is there a common thread with all of the organisations that you kind of work with and partner with? Are they kind of trying to get to this point for a specific purpose, or does it really depend on the sector and the business and what you know what they're trying to achieve on an individual basis?
1: Yeah. I'm, there are common threads, but every every not even every agency, but. Every- Every client within the agency has their own kind of POV, but the the biggest buckets that I can think of are, I mean, not our tech is cool and it makes really fun experiences, but it performs. So on top of looking really great and adding a ton of opportunity, um, it will increase CTRs. It will add interaction rates that hadn't existed before. Um, I know there's some some folks out there that kind of do. Somewhat similar things to what we do, but it's not technology based, so they don't have all of the additional insights and data about the creative after the campaign runs. Um, so all of our clients love all of that. So they measure us with um, Lucid, with Roas, um, you can kind of you name it. But I'd say the performance element is a really big part of it. Um, you have the the kind of sexiness of how cool the tech looks, but I mean, at the end of the day, um, we're really helping video make its way down the funnel. Um, one of our largest um, uh, agency partnerships really focuses on the middle of the funnel um, for retail and really kind of um, defining that and measuring that. And I mean, Curve lives there in terms of being able to drive not only awareness and reach with video, but consideration in a measurable way. Um, So I'd say that that's consistent. I mean, consideration for a retailer is just the same as buying a a football ticket as much as it is to go into a a grocery store like we have with like HEB here in Texas. So um, the, the tech performs and we're continuing to optimize so that these agencies see the value of it. Um, and I'd say that's probably the most common way to look at it, because the way they define performance all over the all over the board.
0: Yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. So I guess ultimately, and this is just me thinking out loud. Obviously, in the in the agency and creative world, you know, you, you we're having more and more of this debate, right, about data driven and trying to allow, you know, become data driven to allow you to make better creative, as opposed to it being a trade off, which maybe has been seen as to to be that in the past where how far has video come over the last few years because this is something obviously you're slap bang in the middle of that right and it's not now just video it's kind of you know interactive video that allows really personalized experiences right
1: it's come really far and um it's it's kind of interesting because with covid um i feel like video has a little less pressure as well Um, people are a lot more open to doing, um, you know, the, the production quality can be a little bit lower and everyone is totally fine with that. Um, curves tech can work with all of it. Um, the, the, the better the video, the better our tech will perform, but I think what's defined as an amazing video is now different. Like we saw Mm -hmm. brands in COVID that were producing videos in their homes and producing videos in you know, without the crews that they once had before. Um, and so I think that, um, it's kind of become very interesting with the user-generated side of things. Um, And and I think the important part is that we can look at it all. And to your point on the measurement side, we can tell them not only if a video performed better than another through like a lucid test, but then we can drill in and tell them what about the video performed. We can say this scene, this very specific timestamp, and then was it an object in that timestamp? So, I'm on the screen right now. I have on a shirt, glasses, headphones. We could actually say in this scene, the the glasses got the most interactivity. We could even curve down to my lipstick. I mean, the pixel precision allows all of that to be translated into the data side. Um, So that's been, yeah, really important. I remember even um, just talking to a grocery store and telling them the top most interacted with object in your whole video was this. Uh, one very specific product. It was a iced tea product. So we were, (laughs) yeah, I know it's hilarious. And we can do the same thing with um, Neiman's and the most interacted uh, with, with product. And that was this leather jacket and the leather jacket sold out. So it is um, it's, it's not only just really amazing data about the videos to your point, but it's actually connecting to the business results as well. So and we can hand these results to these folks and this data about these videos to them in real time. So now that videos become a little bit more agile, um, we can we can actually assist in the production side um, if that's something that's available. And we're doing something like that right now with Macy's where um, they work with a production company and we're actually telling them this is what performed best. And their their partner is actually taking that into account for the spring the spring production.
0: Nice. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So then does the follow-on from that become, you know, the the data that you're able to provide about what performs best and what gets the most interaction and engagement? That then surely funnels into what they show that audience more and more of, right? Is that, Absolutely. Is that yeah. Yes. Um, mm-hmm.
1: and I just mentioned somebody who did do that. Um, oftentimes if we work with the publisher side, like a Hearst, then they can do that as well. Um, the when it's not possible, because we also get brands like that, that are like, we produce our video this way, we're going to do it. That's also fine. Based on the, the data we have, we can actually process the data differently, um, or the video, I should say, differently, so that we can actually kind of take users down the funnel. But if we are integrated into the production, I mean, the creative performance just continues to go up and up and up. If those insights are actually um, kind of taken in and and utilized as true learnings. Um, often, a lot of times, though, the the base videos are are great, and we're just able to give them insights on them. Um, but you know, everything should be decisioning from these videos. And what we what we recommend, um, what the the folks that are running with us for the first time is actually to have dynamic elements, whether they're on social or, you know, across display or whatever they are, but dynamic elements that are actually feeding from that's most interacted with elements from the video. So for example, that video that had a hundred interactive elements for Neiman Marcus, there is no reason why Curve couldn't power from a data perspective, the a, a dynamic sequential banner strategy. So anyone who interacts with a very specific product in the video doesn't have to click, they just need to interact, could have um, a, a, a full strategy where that the, the products specifically are, are sequentially served to them. So it could get really, really fun um, the more integrated we get into the strategies of these folks.
0: Something you said there piqued my interest because you said they don't have to click, just have to interact yeah. with them. What does that mean?
1: So I know, I mean, there's a ton of, of uh, ad servers out there that can create audiences from clicks. Um, so I like to mention that with our tech, we have something called an object highlight. We call it that because it can be on desktop, mobile, whatever. Um, but when an element of our, our interactivity is actually highlighted, um so interacted with for at least half a second we actually store that as an interaction and a data point so if you're on a scene and you're interacting with a shirt and the pants etc as long as they've interacted with it for half a second even before the click we have that data point so what's really cool about that is now we have essentially uh, did they interact with it did they click it so we have tons of additional relationships now inside of video versus just completion rate and click-through rate now you can actually look at the click-through rate on um objects within a video you know like the leather jacket mm-hmm. how many people hovered over it for at least half a second of those people how many of them clicked it i mean we've created a funnel at the product level in video so much data and it's a really it, it's really cool you can get lost in it
0: so mm. me through that process then. So let's say I'm watching that video. I hover over that leather jacket. Yeah. Is there an option to just go, I want to purchase that and you can go and do that? Or yep. is, is it then served to you thereafter? If you, if you kind of, um in and ahring or maybe, you know, hover over it a hundred thousand times, <laughs> you yeah. know, where, you, where you're watching the video is served to you after. Is that, how, how does that kind of piece work?
1: Yeah. So it depends on, um, the, the, the client and how much data they can pass us back on the, on the purchase side. Cause once the purchase is made, that's that brand's data, you know? Yep. Um, but uh, yes. So on the leather jacket, they can hover over it, receive more information and move about their day. Um, or they can click on it, go straight to purchase it, which we did a ton of in that video. Um, our tech is associated to selling out products left and right. Cause, most of these folks are not used to being able to have such precise (laughs) cell paths from a video. So absolutely. Um, You talked about, you asked about the sequential side of that as well. So if a brand is able to actually hand us their sales data or let us place a pixel on their site or anything like that for the sales data, we could actually do some really cool analysis there. So if they hover over anything, we could look at if they actually purchased it. And then if they click it, we can see if they actually purchased it. So to your point, if they don't make the purchase, then we could absolutely sequentially follow them with um, a version of the video that just focuses on that category or that focuses on all the things that they hovered and clicked on only, or, you know, different display versions that just fo- follow them with the products. So mm-hmm. there's a ton of dynamic opportunity because everything we're talking about is hinged and based in um, this technology and and this data that all flows through the nucleus of of what we call radius, which is kind of where all the magic happens for Curve. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Nice. Yeah. So obviously I understand the data is is kind of fueling all of this. Who makes the decisions then in that sequential part that you talked about, who makes the decisions on whether the, the, the next video they see is just on a specific category? Is that from the Curve technology or, or you guys, or is it the the, the end user?
1: So uh, that would be our technology. Nice. So when we're signing up a brand we we would basically ask them those things, you know, what do you want sequential to look like? And then we kind of check that off on our side. So, um, do you want sequential to kind of optimize through the video? Do you want sequential to be through uh, very specific, uh, you know, uh, dynamic banners? What do you want that to look like? Because remember we have the data on the video itself, then we have the data on the scenes, and then we have the data on the objects in the scenes. Then all of that data, it uh, can be categorized or uniquely labeled. So, um, you know, we could do sequential based on a category. Um, so think of like a, I keep mentioning Neiman's and, and Macy. So let's just stay there. So if we're talking about Neiman's and um in that video there were dresses and shoes and jackets and purses. Um, with our tech within that hundred uh hundred uh analyzed objects, there, you know, 50, well not 50 probably, there were like ten purses and 10 dresses. So instead of looking at each of those uniquely, we could actually categorize it. So if I notice that, you know, Kristen is is interacting with um, purses, then I can sequentially serve her a video that only has interactivity on the purses. So um, that is decided by our tech once the, the client tells us what strategy they'd like. Um, when the clients go with these sequential strategies, the performance only skyrockets, but, um, if they want to just see like, Hey, tell me what my video is going to do without any of that, it performs really well as well. It performs in over any kind of controlled, you know, scenario that they provide.
0: Yeah. And, and what's fueling that decision on, on the tech piece is that machine learning or. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes, yeah. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Okay. And I guess broadly speaking is the is the whole purpose that brands are starting to do this now is it is it a user experience play is it you know is it trying to you know allow you to leverage that data but make it more interactive make it more real for for the kind of consumer
1: absolutely so the user experience and making sure that what we're doing is performing for them is is the end all it doesn't matter what the client thinks or what curve thinks the user has to actually want to complete the process. Um, The convergence of content and commerce is what I continue to hear um, that the actual consumers truly want. Um, You know, it's funny. I remember talking about this years ago and everyone has a story like this, but how many times have you been watching TV or watching even an ad um and you can't actually find the product that you want to like you want to purchase this product hmm. and you can't find it <laughs> to be so, honest um,
0: that's that's what petrifies me because if my wife gets her hands on this stuff <laughs> I'm I'm in trouble <laughs>
1: i mean we are working on it but that that is the goal of curve and uh in the long run is to be this ultimate form of native and actually be integrated in with these you know broadcast and content owners to Actually, be looking at the long form, so I'll tell you that in a second. But to answer your question directly, the the purpose is absolutely to solve the problems that the consumers are are dealing with. We have to kind of bridge there by managing the agencies and and their goals. But the end of the day, uh, people want to if people want to buy what's in their content, we want to help them do that. We want to help them do that. Easier. We want to cut the path to conversion down because that's just going to make the consumer happier and the brand happier all at the same time. Mm. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I mentioned to you, we are integrating and working on integrating with the content owners so that our tech is actually reading all content, long form, short form, not just ads. Ads is kind of a, a path there. Um, but the goal is that and you know in the future, you could actually shop your TV and Curve just as the powering tech on the back of it where you know your wife is watching her favorite show and she loves somebody's dress and she could actually just quickly pull it over to her phone, purchase it and keep on with her show.
0: God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the, the mediums by which people are seeing these ads or the, the video content specifically? How does that work?
1: Yep. So uh, currently, the majority of our business is with OLV. So, um, you know, making anything, any ad, any mid, uh, mid, mid kind of uh, branded content, any of that, we want to just make it better. I mean, frankly, if you have a 30 second asset, we think it should be curved if it's going through OLV. There's no negative there. Um, we have recently, in the last year or so, come up with a uh, CTV product that is a dynamic QR code. Um, so again, the same visual recognition we see, and then yes, we put QR codes on there. I know a lot of people can, but we have the dynamics placement from radius, and then we have dynamics on the back end, so we can actually change where the destination goes depending on time of day, show, that sort of thing. So again, more machine learning, but that it was the quickest path. Um, and then long, long term, we actually hope to be across uh, a, uh, OTT CTVs um, with our content API, which is the API where we can read all of the, 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 the data with our image recognition about what's on a scene, um, who it is, anything we're allowed to, to look at with our vision technology. Um, But that's our future state. So today it's primarily OLV and publisher side integrations um, where we're really trying to hook into content. Like, for example, we have a JavaScript integration with Bleacher Report where we can read not only their their ads, but also their highlights. So we can add additional value and interactivity to um, content that's not just an ad as well.
0: Yeah, okay. Now that makes makes sense. Obviously, a lot of talk in the industry in regards to cookies, right? How is that going to affect what you guys do or, or don't So do?
1: none of our data has any cookies in it. All of our data is cookie lists. Um, so we were uh, kind of, we're, we're, we're part of the IAB. We're, we love the IAB. Um, we sit on a ton of uh, comi- committees with them. So um, we are not only ready, but part of the conversation as well. And be you know, part of a lot of these definitions that are out there in terms of measurement, video measurement, you know, all of the things. Um, So yeah, our data doesn't have any cookies in it. Um, Everything that we're talking about is either data about the show. So completely different way of looking at kind of a um, contextual data set. And on the other side of it, the touch patterns that I'm talking about, that's just data about the user. So if somebody like a Disney has already defined who that user is, we would then just figure out a a path to hook that data back to them. And then it's their data to organize on their side. So we're just adding value to the data world overall, but all of our data is about what the user is doing. Um, So then of course, yes, we can say this is a Nintendo for you know, a vertical or what have you, but it will be for whomever owns that user at the end of the day. It's additional net new value about what they're doing um, without without any cookies. So I'm really proud about uh, that statement.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's uh, that's good. Right. How does, I guess, just thinking kind of holistically and, and out loud again here, how is, because you talked about before how video is changed right and this has kind of really evolved. Um are there any kind of facts or stats out there about how video specifically like this is kind of you know evolving the the kind of marketing landscape in general, right? In terms of you know performance against tradition more traditional routes, shall we say?
1: Well, the, the stats that you'll see out there, and we actually just put a blog post up about this on Curve, but you'll see that the, the stats for uh, commerce and video are going up and Curve wants to just organically become part of that conversation. Um, I think that from my perspective on on stats and changing, um, I, I think that the completion as the end KPI needs to go away. I think that um, the like completion is a proxy. Like yes, like I, I'm not against the completion, but it's it's funny to me that people said the completion is the KPI, and then many many platforms then shorted shortened the ad duration, <laughs> and so then now you have a completion. So um, I I think that from a, a a data and trend perspective, we should absolutely work towards completion. But what else? what else do you want to happen in this video? We want people to lean in. We want, you know, I, I brought up the commerce piece and all the data that you can find about that right now, but we want not only the commerce, but what about the middle of the funnel? So the agency that we work with that is just killing it in the middle of the funnel, that is the—that is—that is where we want to live for a while. Yes, we can drive sales, but like I mentioned with um, folks like Marriott and others, we can do a lot more than that. And I think this next phase that you'll see with video is this definition and optimization towards the middle of the funnel. Because video is a very expensive medium uh, to drive all the way through. But you're missing, if you're just looking at completion or looking at viewability and just those things, which are really important, I'm on board. But if you're just looking at that for video, you're missing the the middle. You're missing this, piece, this really integral piece and That's where Curb wants to live um, with our brands and and as they move there and, and provide that value. Again, we can put them all the way down through the funnel. But I, again, that's my kind of big statement about where I think video should focus is not just at that top, because there's little to no accountability in a complete, but let's actually bring more accountability to video and bring it down the funnel a bit and um, I mean, of course we can do that, but just, I think all video should, should be doing that, you know?
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> in mean, the, the, the topic of, of ROI is always interesting, right? Cause I guess we're kind of bordering obsessed now with making sure that every penny we put in, we get out, but it's, it's, as you'll know, it's never as simple and black as white as as that is it to be able to measure something based on the the commerce piece as you mentioned so it's uh it's certainly an interesting time um what what does the future then look like marika in terms of you know how engage uh, how users engage and well you know let's say 10 years down the line how are we going to be shopping I'm oh. I'm dreading I'm dreading your answer by the way already. <laughs> <laughs> How I much mean, money my wife's going to be spending? But uh, yeah,
1: ten years down the line is 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 I mean you're talking about like metaverse and VR. <laughs> yeah. If you talk, let's talk five because in five, this is Curve's vision in that um, we're analyzing all content, whether it is scripted or non-scripted, live or or not, um, mm. where Curve has pro. I'll I'll remove curve out of it. The the all of the content has been defined so that you can actually either pause the content, quickly shop it, or actually pull it right to your phone. And you should be able to get interactive information on who the heck that is on the screen, where they shot the shot, what they have on or whatever that broadcaster or content creator wants you to buy. um, It is going to be a multi-dimensional experience. You already see it today where let's talk about your wife. How often is when she's watching her favorite show, she also already on her second device. So it's already happening today. So now Um, we're we're just going to see the content owners really capitalizing on that with more than just engagement from like a Twitter feed type of thing, where it's actually fully engaging in this additional layer of content. So in five years, I would actually say that the content terms will change and there will actually be a part of the terms with talent, and syndication that include interactivity. So who has the interactive rights? Who has the shoppable rights? I'm not exactly sure what they're going to call it, but that's going to change. And there's a layer that's missing in the legal syndication side of the content. Um, and there's this there's this whole level of the content that's currently being completely under-optimized, underused, that um, I think will be Will be different in five years. It's not going to be a QR code that's that's put on the the content. It's going to be a very holistic connection between your device and what's what's up on the screen. And I mean, you should be terrified because it's going to make it super easy to buy anything on the screen. It's going to be, I mean, imagine this: you're watching your favorite football game or whatever it is, and somebody shoot uh, scores a goal. And then on your phone, you could literally, they just push you the jersey of the person that scored the goal and say, hey, don't forget to buy his jersey real quick. You know, you want it Um, like it's going to be that real time. It's going to be, you know, capitalizing on these moments with action. Um, So that's what I that's what we're working on. And that's what I foresee for the future where um, it is, you know, we're going to get people to lean back into the to the. To the screen but it's going to be in a really interesting and interactive way
0: mm. yeah that's honestly that's that's terrifying i'm, I'm
1: already, <laughs> oh,
0: my mind's already in overload thinking right what could possibly go wrong here and i'm thinking you know it'll be something like oh my wife be watching tv or whatever you know but oh look that's a really nice bikini oh but where's she wearing that bikini oh barbados oh and they're on a cruise so great so you know then i'm not only Whatever, 50 pounds down on the bikini. I'm, you know, 6,000 pounds down on the trip to Barbados and then on the, the boat trip as well. So, um,
1: yep. yep.
0: <laughs> you just ruined my Friday. Um, anyway. I'm sorry about that.
1: But on the content side, I've, I've been noticing how deliberate the brands are having to be with their product placement I don't know if you've noticed that so I'm hoping that now like in the in the next five years when we can make this dimensional for them that they can make it a little less in your face hmm. um so that to your point if you want that yacht you know on the coast of Barbados that you got you have that lean-in experience and it doesn't have to be like you know when you're watching a show and they like pan in on the exact resort <laughs> like yeah. they don't have to be that aggressive anymore yeah. so it will probably help um long-form content get back to kind of the quality even though it's monetizing because this is going to make them a whole lot of uh, additional money you know mm, yeah but you're right <laughs> it's yep. going to make it easier to buy things
0: yeah oh well uh such is life i guess but uh, no, i mean look, really <laughs> really fascinating stuff uh, i guess final question before we finish marika because conscious of uh conscious of time but as as kind of COVID and the pandemic? And has that been a real driving force towards this, you know, especially as we had long periods where no one was allowed to go into the malls and the stores and the shops and all of that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, I I want to be really sensitive with the way that I answer this, because the pandemic has been awful um, to so many people. And, and it's, you know, I, I just want to say that because, For our business, um, we had our moment where we needed to optimize, but it has expedited our business by, uh, it depends on what data you reference, but the last McKinsey data I looked at, um, it expedited it by seven years. So meaning that now uh, brands and websites have this infrastructure from an e-commerce perspective that they didn't have a choice to optimize towards during the pandemic, to your point, in order to keep safe. Everyone was home. I still am, as you can see. Um, so it 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 now, like in terms of what Curve is doing and, and interactive video and shoppable video in general, um, we are now poised and booming because of what the pandemic did to the infrastructure. Again, the seven years one uh, data point is the the one that's fresh on my mind from McKenzie, but it is a very positive, um, it is very positive for our business specifically, um, because I remember pre-pandemic, we would be in the market and everyone would love our tech, but they would say, you know, I'm not sure I have the e-commerce infrastructure for this yet. It's on our roadmap. You know, and so we we would have great partnerships, but they would be semi manual. They didn't have product feeds for the image recognition. They didn't have a lot of that today. I mean, most do, especially the big brands, especially mm-hmm. the you know the the ones that I mentioned today, the Underarmors of the world, like the big brands that we're working with. Um, they're they're ready now, and so it's only making curves stronger. So again, super super uh, sensitive to. The, the other side of the pandemic, but to answer your question directly, um, it's expedited our, our business and, and absolutely, uh, created, a kind of a rocket path for us that would have been a little flatter because the, you know, our, on the shoppable side of our technology, we are as strong as the e-commerce infrastructures, um, that our clients have in order to truly be automated, truly have the image recognition, we need them to also have pieces of that, which they didn't. And now they do. So, Mm. um, it's a really interesting question and it's, um, something that, uh, our CEO and I have discussed a lot and being really respectful with the way we talk about it, but, um, it is, it is, it's, uh, skyrocketed our growth.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's played its part for sure, hasn't it, in industry yep. in, in general, I think. So um yeah, but uh yeah, really appreciate obviously the uh, the sensitive uh, the sensitive answer. I know you've given us several examples and walkthroughs of of kind of you know a lot of the stuff that you've done, but I guess um not to put you on the spot, but has there been a particular success story in your eye that you think has kind of demonstrated your work and you know a single thing that's you know created some pretty cool results.
1: There are so many um that yeah you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> we uh integrated with a retail company um like I mentioned fully integrated into their uh to their product feeds and um with this last uh holiday season in the US we do like Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And I'm sure I'm forgetting some in there now because there's like five of them. So with this brand, they were they were getting us their videos like a day before launch. We were processing them with our product feeds and creating fully shoppable um, kind of campaigns for them. For all of these moments, I want to say that they were doing like that. They did 20 videos, probably more between different videos for Cyber Monday, pre-Cyber Monday, pre-Black Friday, post-Black Friday. I mean, it was like 30 campaigns in one. This is a big uh, compliment to them as well, because they had that strategy in place to have all that content ready. And it was it ran through OLV, social, you name it. Uh, Curve was a huge part of it. But I loved what we did with them, the success we had with them, because it showed how quickly we could respond to uh, content that was being produced on the fly. And showed how we could automatically correlate to the products, make it shoppable, drive sales and be relevant in these moments. Again, I want to say they had like 50 moments from, you know, November to the end of December and we were kind of just running together. Um, so I would say that's my favorite because of how many videos and how um, time specific it was, content specific it was, different products. Um, and I mean, if you look, look back as probably 50 videos, um, if each video had 10 products, which I know some of them had more, you're talking about, you know, over hundred products, over 500 products. Um, and I mean, it was to the point of the mid funnel to the sales piece. I mean, they were taking their video from one to five each time. I mean, it was a, it was a perfect partnership and we're already back on the road with them already back live for Valentine's Day um so it's just uh that's probably my favorite at the end of Q4 but it's really hard to choose cuz i you know there's there's so many good applications mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, look, Marika, it's been a a fascinating conversation. Thank you very much for your time. Um, If anyone is interested in kind of picking your brain about anything they've heard today or, you know, interested maybe in in partnering with yourself and Curve, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm, you can reach me at my email, but I'll also give an easier one, but I'm Marika Rock. So M Rock, M R O Q U E at kervit dot com. but also if my name is too uh complicated you can also just email product at dot no. um and, and myself and my team sit behind that so would love to get in touch with anyone but otherwise i've just had a really good time talking to you today thank yeah. you for having me
0: no it's uh it's been uh been a pleasure so um we'll let you crack on with your friday marika and uh yeah look forward to seeing how your journey unfolds that's it for this episode of driven by data the podcast i hope you enjoyed it i'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics until then please follow orbition group on social media if you've not already done so where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive and please share like and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week.